pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, everybody, welcome in. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinner with you here, bringing you another week's edition of the podcast, of course. And uh, can you believe it? Non-conference play for both the men and the women's side. Uh, wrapping up here uh, over the next week uh, before the holiday break, of course. Uh, Christmas will be here in the blink of an eye. And then, bam, it's conference play, Horizon League play, of course, for both men and women. Of course, it's that weird scheduling thing now that's happened over the last couple of years where you know, more conference games are played, so conference uh, games have been kind of pushed up a little bit. So some teams are 1-1, one 2-0, and 1-0, one, 0-1 and one and oh, oh and one right now. But uh, the full slate of conference games coming up, tipping off on December 29th. And uh, we're gearing up for that, no doubt about it. Non-conference, when you talk about mid-major basketball, it's always tough to get a good feel uh, for these teams in the non-conference because a lot of times, you know, some conference or some programs, they kind of, they, they, they have different scheduling philosophies. You know, do you want to play a super over-the-top, you know, challenging non-conference schedule, get a lot of buy games, of course. There's business decisions that are in there. And then there are some that want to schedule a lot of like, uh, you know, similar teams, like-minded teams coming from similar conferences to prepare them for conference play. And then there's the Greg Campy approach, that they're going to play every Big Ten team, every SEC team. They're going to play every big major program that they get their hands on, nonetheless. So it's sometimes tough to, to gauge who these teams are based on their win-loss record in November, December. December because of all the various scheduling approaches nonetheless but I'm excited to bring on our next guest he is the the voice for both men and women's basketball uh, for the Green Bay Phoenix of course we have Mr. Brian Kuklinski joining us now Brian welcome in this is your first time on the podcast welcome it is Justin I appreciate you having me on so with that being said, the thing that's most interesting, I want to start on the women's side for Green Bay uh, this is your first year on the call for the for the women correct it is. You know, I've done some fill-in stuff here and there over the last eight years, but the first time spending the whole season with the team, and they are a fun team to be around. You know, with the, I mean, look, they have a couple. I mean, they play a challenging non-conference schedule. Uh, they've played a couple top 25 teams, and they've beaten a couple top 25 teams. Um, before we dive into full, you know, just the, the Green Bay side of things, just what's your overall takeaway of that? Is it difficult for you to kind of gauge teams, especially mid-major teams in November, December, because of the various ways that programs approach scheduling? You know, it, it really is when you're looking at the, the broad picture of things, because as you mentioned there, you know, every coach has their different philosophy and every school has their different philosophy about how many buy games you have to go out and play and who you're going to schedule, how many non-D1s you have on your schedule is, a, you know, another thing. And, you know, I think there's that nice balance you can find of where you mentioned the, the Greg Campy approach. You're going to go out and play some of these top tier programs, but you're going to sprinkle in a non D one here and there. Cause you know, honestly, I'm a, I'm a big believer that psychologically going in as a mid major program and playing some of these top programs and, and, you know, quite honestly, losing a lot of those games that losing can wear on you in the non-conference. So I think it's important to have those games too, where you get that feel of winning before you get into conference play. 
No, and, and that's the thing, too. So I call games for Wright State right now. I'm filling in for Jim Brown. And Wright State on the men's side, they've played a very challenging non-conference schedule, but they've, they've, they've scheduled a lot of, like, I mean, you're talking about your Western Kentuckys, Davidson, yep. uh, Colorado State. Uh, they took on Indiana to the Big Ten, and they've been competitive in all these games. They did get blown out by Colorado State, but they've been competitive in all these games. They lost a close one this week against Western Kentucky. But Coach Nagy, when talking with him, that you know the big thing is, is they knew they were challenging themselves in the non-con, and although it's to prepare you for conference play, the thing that you have to balance is you don't want the losing to wear on the morale of the team and then that takes you away from your skill set that way so yeah coaches have their their work cut out for them because knowing you're going to play a tough non-con you have to balance the mental side of it and that's an example of a, a program that's kind of dealing with that right now and that's both on the men and the women's side uh, across college basketball especially in the horizon and I, and I couldn't agree with you more justin and honestly you could probably dedicate an entire three-hour podcast to the science of scheduling i don't envy the coaches <laughs> that have to try and churn out the schedule each and every year because the fan base is never going to be happy, right? You know, you're going to have those games where the fans go, why are you going, you know, all the way across the country to play this high major or why is this D2 school coming to yep. play here? It, and it's getting so harder now with the big schools really having not a lot of incentive to schedule a tough game. Wright State and Coach Nagy have proved themselves. So has Coach Campy in Oakland and – any other teams in the horizon league prove themselves that they can go into these places and win. And if you're a, a high major looking at a buy game, are you going to continue to buy right state when you have a chance to lose? You know, like I said, you could go on for hours about how a schedule is put together. Yeah. And then on the flip side too, like, you, you, you'll never talk to a coach in mid-major basketball that says, like, well, we're accepting, like, for instance, the Horizon League, you know, everyone, oh, it's a one-bid league, right? That's not an insult. That's just the reality of it. It is very challenging. We've seen, I mean, you know, this Green Bay, uh, I remember when I, back in the, what, the mid-2010s, I think they were like a 28, or maybe that's Valpo. I think it was Green Bay, or, or when they had Kiefer Sykes, or it was Valpo yeah. around that time. There was like a 28-win yep. team, and they were a hell of a team, and they, they didn't even sniff the NCAA tournament. But when you talk to coaches, you know they don't. They won't admit to you that okay, we're we're not uh, scheduling to get an at large you know bid or whatever. But it's like so you're scheduling to prepare for conference play for that one week conference tournament, of course. Um, but like what's weird is when you talk to coaches. I've never talked to a coach that says we're we're not scheduling to we're we're scheduling to not get an at large bid. It's a very difficult science, and I don't, I don't even know what there is to it. As we said, we could do a whole podcast on that when it's all said and done. <laughs> you know, and it's it's something I love talking about. We can segue into talking about the Green Bay women because Coach yep. Forsett has told me this many times this year, you know, they played an incredibly challenging and are in the still the midst of an incredibly challenging non-conference schedule. You mentioned the top 25 teams they played um, and that's on purpose this year. And, you know, he has said, you know, the horizon league, especially on the women's side is good enough to be a two bid league yep. and, you know, wants to schedule those games. So like last year when green Bay wins the conference and has a great season and so did Cleveland state, you you know come to that conference tournament and Green Bay loses in the championship and now they don't get to go to the NCAA tournament so you know that's by design scheduling a lot of these you know quad one wins and all the buzzwords that are used to hopefully you know down the road force the committees to look and say hey maybe we should take a second team out of this conference no and let's talk about Green Bay first of all let's start on the women's side as you just alluded to Green Bay basketball, I'll never forget when I first started, I was doing student radio at Wright State. And um, Wright State, Green Bay, of course, for many, many years, a huge rivalry in the Horizon League. 
and it was the conference yep. championship game. This is back before the host sites, of course. And it was Wright State. They had Kim Demings, and it was just, I mean, it was in the course, as far as Wright State goes, Green Bay, they're great every year, right? So I remember going uh, to Green Bay, my first time in Green Bay, and I'm going to a little local pizza shop to pick up my food. And there was a lady behind us, oh, you here for the big game. Now, I wasn't, you know, downgrading what I was there for. I'm just like, oh, what, what game are you talking about? She goes, oh, Wright State, Green Bay. And she wasn't the only one. There was another fan that was there asking about Kim Demings. I said, man, the women's basketball, they take women's basketball super serious here. It's a completely different uh, feel over in Green Bay when it comes to the women's basketball program. What makes uh, Green Bay women's basketball so special uh, over there? And just talk about what it means to that community over there. It really is a big deal within Green Bay, and not just Green Bay, but, you know, a lot of the greater Wisconsin area, um, a lot of it is because Coach Borseth, um has been there for a long time. Um, and, you know, his recruiting philosophy and his style, he, when coaches, you know, come up in their press conferences and say, I want to put a fence around the state and get the best talent in the state to come here, he does it year in and year out. You take a look at the roster build and, you know, all except for three girls are from the state of Wisconsin. So there's that local tie. But then, you know, Coach Borseth and his UP roots from upper Michigan, he's a big believer in community involvement. You're constantly seeing the girls out in the community doing things. Um, and the fans really get to know the players um, outside of just shooting a basket. And it is amazing when you go to the Crest Center and you're seeing 24, 2,500 people at every game. doesn't matter who they're playing. And then seeing, you know, some of the big rivalry games. I remember the Wright State game you're talking about. There was probably, what, 35, 3,600 people there for that one? It was insane. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool to see. And then, the, you know, the facility's beautiful. Uh, they play in a, a perfect-sized facility for what Green Bay basketball is. Just a little over 4,000 people, but – it really comes down to they ingrain themselves in the community and make people want to come see them. You mentioned Coach uh, Coach Borset, and again, you've called the men's games a lot longer than the women's games, of course, but um, in, in your time doing this, what separates Coach Borseth from other college basketball coaches? Forget men or women's basketball in isolated situations. What makes him such a great college basketball coach? He's been there for so long. Uh, he's a character, and he's just he's separated himself from all the other coaches. Just talk about what makes him so special and great at what he does. You know, what was interesting was the first time I really got to sit down and talk to him was when I started doing the men's games. And, you know, I, I was asking him about certain things. And I said, you know, when you're taking a look at the other team and you're watching film and you're scouting, what kind of things are you looking for? He goes, I'm more worried about what we do. And I went, that's really interesting. I, I haven't heard a whole lot of coaches say that. He goes, if we go out and we are our best on our system, the other team has to beat us. And, you know, obviously they look and they know what the other team is doing, but he really, you know, spends a lot of time self-scouting, doing those things. He's got a system that works. He's never wavered from that system. You know, he's not all about, like, the new big thing with analytics, and he's still that kind of guy that he coaches a game from the gut, and it's worked for him for so long, so why would you ever change it? 
We have Brian Kuklinski with us here. He's the voice of uh, Green Bay men's basketball and uh, on the women's side as well. And uh, right now, of course, we're making our trip around the Horizon League and just kind of touching base with some of the uh, the voices of these respective programs throughout because you guys, and you know, I do it too, we have a front row seat and we know the ins and outs of how these teams are operating and the vibe right now. And, of course, Green Bay is always fascinating, especially on the women's side. Last thing before we, we transition over to the men's side of things, uh, you know, Brian, you know what right now just highlight a couple of the players on this roster right now because the, the 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 thing that's interesting and by the way if you're not you know it's like if you're top 25 that means you're good if you're not top 25 that means you're bad that's not the case but we've seen them lose to some unranked teams and then they'll beat you know Washington State they'll beat some really really good top 25 teams uh just talk about the ebbs and flows of this Green Bay team and and how good they are and how good they can be you know, uh, I don't know if they've really shown how good they can be yet. That's kind of the scary part of the team this year. Um, and, and just being around the team, it's a team that genuinely really likes each other and truly does not care who steps up from night to night. You've seen different games with different leading scores and, um, you know, the way the scoring is distributed. And on any given night, you're going to have somebody step up. I remember in Illinois State, a girl like Callie Yankee comes out and puts up over 20 points. And then there's games that she comes out and just gets two. And that's okay. That's how they play. Um, the one thing I will say, uh, if you take a look at some of the losses that they've had, the common theme in the three losses they've had, their three-point shooting wasn't good. And not that this is a team that lives and dies by the three, but it's a team that plays really unselfish moving the basketball. And if they have the threat of making the three, is, you know, it's cliche in basketball, but it opens up everything else underneath. And in those games that they lost, they shot a very poor percentage from distance. And that's part of the reason. You know, the games they won, they'll, they'll make six, seven, eight threes, but the percentage is good. The games that they didn't, um, you know, that's, that's where the percentage was bad. Over to the men's side as we wrap this up. Um, Sundance Wicks. I mean, there's no cooler name um, in the coaching ranks than Sundance Wicks. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, there's been some some coaching changes at Green Bay, quite a few over the years, uh, obviously. And now in comes Sundance Wicks with the the coolest name, I think, out there. Uh, Talk about outside of his cool name, just the work that he's doing right now. Obviously, you know, rebuild, you know, you don't really use that, but just kind of getting his guys in there and getting his program established. Talk about the work that he's doing, a five and six start for the men. You know, I got to tell you, the first question I always usually get about Coach Wicks is if it's an actor, if he's genuine. And I will tell you that in all of my interactions with him and the interactions that I've witnessed, if you spend 10 minutes talking to that guy, you are tired <laughs> by the time your conversation's over. It's a, it's a very genuine thing. It's who he is. And, you know, his phrase is he wakes up every day to empty the tank every day and being whatever that is, spending time with his kids, going grocery shopping, coaching basketball. It's just unbelievable the amount of energy the guy brings to it. Now, he expects that from all of his players. And I think he's done a great job of getting the guys to really buy into the system. And there's a phrase that's used around the Green Bay Phoenix program of the Green Bay way. And Coach Borseth has done it forever. You asked what made Coach Borseth a special coach. Coach Wicks, he said the first day that he was in the office, he went into Coach Borseth's office and asked him how he wins all the time. And Coach Wicks has established the, I'm going to play defense, 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 and then we're going to start working on the offensive side of the ball. 
And he's gotten the group of guys to really buy into that, which is uh, awesome to see. And uh, you saw it, you know, last night, nice win over UIC. And a couple of games where they were, you know, flat and the defense didn't quite perform as well. But he's uh, he's going to win every press conference he's in, and he's already gotten two more wins than the program had last year. So it's been fun to be around so far. You want to talk about the energy and the personality? I mean, you you said you know you know, sit down with a conversation for him, you'll be tired. Uh, I've never seen him and Bart Lundy in a room together, but I feel like uh, Bart Lundy kind of reminds me that uh, of that too. I'm sure that those two, uh, you know, would be quite entertaining in the same room together as far uh, as far as that's concerned. But look, we saw Bart Lundy do some really good things. That was a hire that you know you look at the the, the coaching ranks and kind of his background and how he ended up at Milwaukee. Some were like, okay, is this going to work or not? Same thing with Sundance Wicks. And again, what I think what you're learning is we look too much into the, the where they're coming from. And when you just talk to them and you just meet them, you're like, oh, it, it makes sense. It makes sense for Bart Lundy, Milwaukee, and it makes a ton of sense for Sundance Wicks in, in Green Bay. There's no doubt about it. I, I 100% agree with you. And one of the things that I think you're seeing, the Coach Lundy, Coach Wicks examples are, are great examples of it. You don't see it quite as often in the women's game, um, although Detroit Mercy would make an argument on the women's side of things. But it, it doesn't take three or four years to turn a program around anymore. Cleveland State, you know, Cleveland State's another example, of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you in today's day and age of the transfer portal and the way it works and, um, you know, how players are able to move, you get the right mix of guys with the right coach in there and you can turn a program around pretty quick. And, and hopefully that's what we're seeing here in Green Bay because we're not too far removed Um being a really good top four team in the Horizon League, and hopefully Coach Wicks gets it uh, back to that again. All right, good stuff. Brian Kuklinski, again, the the voice of Green Bay Phoenix basketball for both men and uh, women. And, Brian, this will not be the last time we talk to you this season. Uh, I know we'll do a, another sweep through the league and touch base and get the pulse of uh, both uh, men and women's programs again as we get closer and closer to March or uh, February, uh, mid-February, no doubt. So, Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Anytime, Justin. Appreciate you having me. All right, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.